Welcome to Coming Clean, a podcast that provides a safe place for people to be real and authentic about their struggles to overcome addiction and mental illness. This is the perfect place to share stories of triumph and tragedy with millions of other people who are secretly wrestling with demons that are destroying their lives. The podcast will be educational and informative and will provide hope and inspiration by lining a path to recovery that promises a better life. My name is Peter Estevez, and this is my friend and co-host, Dr. Steve Farber, and I'd like to welcome you to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Coming Clean Podcast, a safe space to bring awareness to addiction, depression, mental illness, or simply any social taboo. This platform is intended to help those interested in a journey from darkness into the light of self-reconstruction. If you listen to the similarities instead of the differences, you will eventually hear a story for one of our guests that would guide you into the light of freedom. And we are going to attempt to do that one more time with Angie Rojo. Angie, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, I, um, you have an interesting story and you, a fascinating, uh, human being and, and you caught my attention in social media, uh, a couple of years ago and, you know, we have followed each other ever since, Yeah. Uh, but I see your growth. I see your, 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 your development, your, your evolution, not only as a human being, but now as a wife and <laughs> as a mother to be and congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Angie, you, um, you have quite a resume. You are a self-love mentor, a past regression hypnosis quantum healer. Um, you, are, uh, you were going to be a nun or consider yes. being a nun. And you were a priestess in a santeria. Yes. And uh, you were also an actress. Yes. So you've been busy in your short 16 years, huh? <laughs> 16, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now tell me, how does a woman like yourself goes from wanting to be a nun with a childhood of a lot of, a lot of adversity, and we're going to get into that, into yeah. past life regression and, and what you do today? Oh gosh, it it all makes sense looking back. I'm so happy to share this. Um, as a kid, I, I grew, grew up with teenage parents that didn't really know how to be parents. And I was the only child for about eight years. So being alone, I had always felt connected to my angels and guides. I was a kid that played um, the imagination all the time, that played, talked to my imaginary friends, that um, was just always not fully in this world like most kids. Um, and so that really created this bridge for me to the spiritual world and actually made it very difficult for me to be present in the, in the actual world where humans are. Um, mostly because, and you said we, we talked about the adversity, but mostly because my parents were um, drug addicts when I was at that age from about, I don't know when it started. I assume when I was born till um, about eight years old, <clears throat> which is when my father actually passed from a heroin overdose when I was eight. And oddly enough, when that happened, I understood that it was for the best. I understood that it was his time to go. And I guess because I had seen him through, uh, you know, in and out of rehab, kind of losing his um, mental s- stability, um, 
to, I remember one time seeing him with a black eye because he had just gotten jumped in a gang. And I'm a little kid and I'm, I'm trying to understand all of this. So um, yeah, that, that definitely bridged this, um, created a bridge for me to connect with the spirit world. So I always had these dreams where I would be on the other side. And as I grew up, that was home. Being on the other side was home and knowing my dad was there at eight years old was home. Um, so that led me to wanting to become a nun because I wanted to be in prayer all the time and be with Jesus and uh, the harmony of uh, praise and worship and music and all that stuff. Wow, that is powerful. So <laughs> in reality, the correlation that I see is, you know, I, I mentioned to you before the interview started that, uh, you know, I've been... Uh, sober from alcohol for, for 19, almost 20 years. And my addiction, I tracked it back to actually some of the childhood events that took place in my life. You know, the out-of-control environment, the powerless over certain situations, and the life as a young kid being able uh, to be on an unmanageable situation where I was, com that was completely out of control and I had no control over it whatsoever as a young boy. What I see that you've done with your life, you actually were able to tap into a part of yourself, of your being that most of us aspire to reach to. You know, I, right. you know, <laughs> I know I have through ayahuasca experiences and other experiences, uh, but you have actually, you were able to, to, to breach that gap uh, through your imaginary friends and, yeah. and actually be on the other side, as you called it. You know, you've been quoted as, as, as a child being haunted. And I want you to tell me a little bit about that. What does that mean? You were haunted as a child. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I would have these crazy nightmares where these beings, it was like a, it was a man and a little girl. They were tormenting me from the age of nine till about, I think till I was like 18, 19. And it was, it was, they were terrible from, um, you know, lights turning on and off. My dog, I had a Rottweiler that attacked me, um, dreaming that I was being pulled from my hair out of bed and dragged up and down the walls. I mean, hearing, uh, not voices, but like different like cringing sounds and things like that. So nothing pleasant. Um, and <clears throat> honestly, that experience turned me to prayer. So had I not had that haunting experience, I don't think I, I think I would have had a normal childhood. I, I don't think I would have ever turned to prayer or um, looked for the light, you know, in those See, circumstances. And, and, you know, most of us, most of us, especially as young kids, we are deadly afraid of the other side. Right. In fact, we are all trying to avoid getting to the other side. Yeah. But you have actually look for it and to a certain degree conquer it okay and yeah. talked about it <clears throat> i understand the fascination and i and i believe in just in, in, in just from from hearing your story that part of it was trying to escape but you were actually able to make a physical energetic connection to it but why is it that most of us try to avoid that part of us we we fear dead we fear the other side um, I think that it's cultural. I think it's what we grew up and, and are taught to believe from, you know, the church to, I mean, it's the easiest way to insert fear into someone, right? You're going to go to hell or you're a sinner. Um, and so I think that's why people fear the other side or fear death. Honestly, for me, 
the most challenging thing that I had to understand in my life as an adult was to be on in this world was to be present in my body because for so long home was the spirit world and it was so much easier to be there and not deal with all of this conflict and um you know my how how life has impacted me as a as a woman as a person in the world and so for me the natural thing to do is wanting to escape and that was a dark that was that, that was there was darkness in that um, so that's how self-love came because for so long I rejected being in this body. I mean, yeah, I turned to the light, but I, as a 12 year old girl, I tried to commit suicide. Um, and, and suicide was always like something that was on my mind. It was like a, a go-to escape, right. For so many years. And you talked about alcohol for me, like drinking alcohol would trigger those thoughts. And so, um, that was definitely a dark side that I had to, that I had to learn how to accept and learn that I had to love myself as I am in this world um, to fully live life, you know, entirely as I see myself in the future, as I want to impact the world or as I want to be in my relationships. Um, so that was kind of the battle that was happening there for so many years. And you've done it. You've done an incredible, an incredible job as being able to adjust and, and transform that uh, into your present. Because you're 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 very active. You're a leader in your community. You're very very strong. Uh, you have a strong foundation to support and help women. But let's talk about let's talk about past life regression and let's talk about quantum uh, quantum healing and hypnosis. Tell me exactly for the audience, for the community, what is it and why do we want to reach that state? Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Um, so as I came to terms with loving myself and, and practicing self-love and teaching about self-love, um, I realize that there is this this team, grand team around us that supports us energetically. And so in my work that I do, I facilitate one-on-one -on -one sessions where people can um, connect, bridge, create this bridge that I've done all my life, right? Create this bridge and connect with these other beings that are always around us, supporting us. Um, also learn the lessons in life. So what happens is that in this life, we go through life experiences that teach us lessons and help us evolve, right, as humans. And unfortunately, many of those experiences are through trial and error. So when we go through trial and error, there are consequences, right? So when someone has a past life regression hypnosis session, what happens is they go into a past life that's not necessarily in this physical form it's in another form and as they are observing that past life they take in the various lessons that that being has learned in that life and then applies it into their life now so um, merging of two separate lives exactly mm -hmm. exactly and so in sessions they don't they don't necessarily go to one life sometimes they go to three lives you know um, and so ultimately we connect with higher self, which is an essence of us that knows our life path and um, knows the answers to everything in the universe. And so clients are able to ask questions, um, which is a very empowering experience because so often we give our power over to other people. And in this practice, this technique in particular, quantum healing, um, you yourself experience experience, uh, seeing those worlds, connecting with those beings, hearing their voices, um, 
uh, connecting with past loved ones. I mean, it's, it's quite phenomenal to listen to the recording after the session and hear the words that actually came through your own voice, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and this, is, this is a natural process. This is just a hypnotic process and a, a communication with you and, your, and the client, and that's it, right? There's, there's, exactly. There's no, yeah, there's, there's no mind-altering substances. There's, you know, there's like in my experience with ayahuasca, you know, I actually took the ayahuasca plant in a tea form, and I went through that experience. But yeah. this, is, this is me and you or you and the client, and that is it, and, and, and through a process of hypnosis. Exactly, yeah. How, what has been the most impactful transformation that you've seen in an individual after a session like this? Um, God, you talk about death, right? People being afraid of death. I think through the session, people realize that life isn't what we think it is. And, um, for example, I had a woman who is in her mid forties and she had recently lost her grandparents, I think like several couple years before she had the session. And she, when we talked before the session began, she was saying that the only true love she's ever experienced was from her grandparents. And during the session, her grandparents communicated with her and they, you know, showered her with love and, and, and said some things that were for her messages that were for her. So when the session was over, she sat there and she was crying because she was like, Angie, for so long, I didn't, I felt like my grandparents were nowhere around, that they were gone. And she goes, and oddly enough, I know they're gone, but I know they're here. I can feel them. And so I think for many people to bridge that gap, that there were so many possibilities and so much connection and so much meaning to life. Um, I mean, that in itself is such a transformative uh, mind shift, perspective shift for, for anyone, really. Uh- Angie, there's something that, that, that intrigues me. There's a lot of things that intrigue me about you, but, but what's the correlation between being a priestess and doing hypnosis? Uh, you, you were a priestess uh, for a santeria. Tell yeah. us first what that is and what that means for, for the community, for those that don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then tell us what is the difference between what you're doing today and your transformation into this being that you are today. Yeah. So from... 20, 20 years old to 27 years old, I was, I'm 33 now. So that was, <laughs> uh, feels like a lifetime ago, but it also feels like yesterday. Um, I was a priestess in a religion uh, called Santeria here in the States. It's originated in Africa. So it's uh, the Yoruba religion. Basically, it's when the um, slaves were brought over to the Caribbean and, and they were, <clears throat> they had to integrate their uh, African beliefs into Catholicism. So a lot of, uh, there's a lot of deities and also a lot of African uh, tribal practices and rituals. Um, it can, when I first started, I saw the beautiful side of it, the light side of it, um, but it gets dark very fast. And so there's a lot of voodoo involved, a lot of ritual. Um, it, gets, it gets pretty intense. Um, so I was involved in that religion for seven years. Um, I had a moment of awakening I guess you can say, uh, year seven, when I, I was just praying because things didn't feel right. There were so many um, manipulative situations that I finally was able to see that had been happening the whole time. Um, and I, I had prayed to see things for myself. So 
I think the biggest correlation from that experience to what I do now is that um, for those seven years, although I know everything happens for a reason, I gave my power over to people that didn't have the best intention for me. And that was one of my biggest missions after coming out of the religion was I would never want anyone to experience that. And so with quantum healing hypnosis, um, obviously I, I actually had, you know, had some years to heal and understand what I had experienced and also, um, reprogram my mind because for so long I identified as this woman who was a priestess in this religion, you know, a daughter of Oshun. I was crowned daughter of Oshun, which is an energy that's very, very beautiful energy whom I actually still work with now, but at a different uh, level of awareness. Um, and so my biggest thing now is empowering people to know that they have these abilities within them. They're able to connect with their past loved ones. They're able to uh, set an intention and create something for themselves. You know, you're able to, obviously through uh, doing the work, you're able to create the life you want. And it doesn't have to be through a spell or a candle or, although those uh, candle can be a good thing, but it doesn't have to be through this dark side. Um, so there were many humbling lessons in that experience. I definitely experience a lot of humility. Um, and I mean, honestly, I think it happened because I had to remember this, um, lineage that energetically I come from, which is, you know, being crowned daughter of Oshun and, and that connects to the ISIS lineage and being, becoming aware of, um, you know, Africa being kind of a motherland for so many people, actually all people at a very, uh, base level of, of creation of humanity. I don't know if I'm making any sense. But... You're, you're, you're making plenty of sense. Um, there, was, there was a transformation during that period of time that you often speak about, and you, 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 you speak about a time in your, in, during that, that process where your ego was a bit inflated and where you yeah. were truly disconnected from reality <laughs> and that when you actually stepped down from Santeria, your grandmother said to you, uh, I was praying that you would come back. What does that mean and what is she meant by that? So in the religion, I mean, you're groomed to hold yourself to a certain standard and kind of like look at other people below you. And um, I, I mean, the best way I can describe it is like you're groomed to be a bitch pretty much to anyone who's not a real in the religion okay. or who's not an elder like okay. that. That's the bottom line. Um, and I had an arrogance about me, not, not to say I wasn't kind, but I definitely had an arrogance about me that I, I definitely, um, can look back and say, Oh, I wasn't the nicest person at that time. Um, but yeah, my grandmother, I mean, you know, when you're in the religion, you have to, part of the initiation process is wearing all white covered from head to toe for a year and seven days. And you have to sit on the floor and there's so many rules to it. Um, and you're not allowed to touch anyone who's not your mom or part of your immediate religious family. And so um, even my grandmother had to set down her, her plate to, for me to pick it up. So there is kind of like this um, disconnect with humanity. I think 
from the religious perspective, it makes sense from a grandmother, granddaughter sense. It's like, what's going on here. Right. So that happened, um, for a year. And then after that, I definitely had an arrogance about me. Um, and my grandmother, when I did finally, um, leave the religion, which mind you, it's not easy to leave. I don't, people don't leave. They're terrified to leave. Um, I called my grandmother and I told her and she broke down crying and she was just saying how she had been praying for this for all seven years. And mind you, my grandmother never looked at me differently, never judged me, never said, what are you doing? And to me, it was just this really profound proof of love, of unconditional love, because I had, there were other family members that were like rolling their eyes and, and talking about me and things like that. And, um, she never did. And it was just, it was her and I have this like understanding of that moment where it was like, there's just a special bond there and appreciation and and faith. That was, um, a testimony of, of prayer, you know? And, 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 you know, I'm a true believer that, every face of our lives requires a different part of us. Yeah. So, so you may have had to have gone through that experience, although to me it seems very opposite to the young woman wanting to be a nun, where the nun is more of a submissive uh, follower of God, uh, more of a caring, loving, compassionate, uh, more of a subservient or servant of, 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 of God. So I, yeah. I, I, I can see a complete opposite. In, 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 well, in, it's interesting you say that because I think that's why I was a perfect candidate, you know, huh. At, because coming into it, I was so naive and I would do anything that they would ask. I would, you know, I, I live, I was at my, every person is assigned their godmother, godfather. I was at my godparents' house 24 seven for almost seven years. I mean, I was, um, I remember one time I had just pulled out two of my wisdom teeth, probably three actually. And they're like, we need you for the ceremony today. And I'm like, I just, like my jaw, I'm like, my head's pounding. They're like, we don't care. We need you now. And because I was so submissive and followed the rules and had so much faith in everything I was doing, I was there with my head down and my head throbbing and blood, you know what I mean? That's how dedicated I was to this. And again, I think that's why I was a perfect candidate for this whole, you know, uh, grooming of, and there's so many things from like, I mean, I spent $300,000 in the religion as, as a cash, as a young 20 year old, um, or in my twenties in the span of seven years. And I mean, you know, had I, on one sense, there was an arrogance because of how they groomed me to be, but it wasn't within the religion. It was outside of the religion. Sure. And, and, and you talked about that. You talked about some of the abuses and some of the uh, um, manipulation that you actually witnessed uh, during a ceremony that your mother took you to. Was this outside that priestess religion? that you, you, you talked in a different interview about a time that you went to, to a, a religious ceremony. Oh, oh wait, uh, I understand. Yeah, no. Um, so that was actually, that was a, that was a woman's conference. It was like a Christian's woman's conference. Okay. And I think it was like a Easter type thing. Um, no, that was, so that was years after I had left the religion, but at this time I was already aware of that sort of manipulation. Um, and yeah, I, 
it was all women from here in Southern California. We have this area, um, you know, Linwood, Huntington Park, kind of lower middle class. Some people are on welfare. It's kind of like that sort of um, economic, you know, area. And uh, we went to this conference where this woman was known to be a prophet and she had this grand following, which of course, like, you know, if, if your message is pure and of love, by all means, please spread the word. But um, there was a moment where she was up there and she had asked people to donate money and it started at $5 and then it went up to like 10, 15, you know, 50, hundred. And then it started to uh, become very manipulative in the way that she was saying it. She was saying like, oh, if you, uh, and I know this happens a lot all over the world. It's not just in that moment. Um, you know, donate a thousand, donate 5,000. And it just, it kind of just escalated. And you could tell these people had so much faith in what she was saying. The way she was saying was like, oh, if you, you know, donate a thousand, then it will multiply times three and you'll receive this blessing and et cetera, et cetera. But you can tell the people in the audience, the women in the audience were struggling. Like they were, I mean, they were hurting to even like be there. And it was kind of this doubt and should I do it? And I want this blessing and I don't even have the money. Like you can tell this was happening. And so in that moment, um, I'm sitting in front and I see the woman, the, the woman who's the leader. And we just have this like exchange, like we're just staring into each other's eyes. And I think in that exact moment, I was like, I know what you're doing. And she looked at me like, I know that you know what I'm doing. And we just had this like energy exchange. And honestly, that moment was what triggered me to be of service from a different perspective, from a different life experience. It was that moment. And, and you know, from a bigger perspective, that moment was such a gift. It was such a gift for me. And so, I don't know what it did for her, but it was such a gift for me. So tell me exactly what that did for you. Yeah. So, what, what do you mean to be a greater service or, or to be a service? I know what you do, but, but for the community, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. So um, when I got out of the religion, I was, I wanted to act and like act and model. And when I was in the religion, I had so many opportunities that were actually jeopardized because they were like, oh, this isn't the right contract. This isn't the right representation. This isn't the right agency. And I really do think that they were just sabotaging my desires of what I wanted to do. Um, so when I got out of the religion, I was like, okay, no one's holding me back. I'm all in. Let's do this. So I was acting and modeling for about three years and I wanted nothing to do with spirituality, with religion, with people of religious titles, healers, like nothing. I was like, these people are crazy. I want nothing to do with them. I mean, as you can imagine, right? Sure. And, um, I, so when my, my mom and my auntie invited me to go to this woman's uh, Christian seminar, I was, I was like, okay, like I'll be open to it. I'll go, you know, and mostly just to spend time with them. Um, but in that moment, it was like that call, you know, was, was brought to me. And, and I actually, as I was sitting there, I received messages myself uh, to meditate for 10 days to fast from 3 PM to the next day. Um, to read the Bible, to write, to journal. And I actually uh, followed through with that uh, intuitive knowingness that I received while sitting there. And as I, I 
did the 10 days, it turned into 50 days, that turned into 100 days. And within that ritual of waking up at five in the morning uh, to meditate, to read the Bible, to journal, um, then fasting at 3 p.m., I mean, for 100 days, it really uh, did something to me that uh, opened my awareness to not just religion, but various realms that we have access to, uh, to guardian angels, to um, guides, to even visiting myself in other lifetimes, to seeing myself as a, you know, I, I had this experience where I saw my future self go back and visit my two-year-old self, hold her, and tell her everything was going to be okay. Wow. And just observing it from that present self. So I'm like, there's three versions of me happening. It's me in the present moment. Uh, at, at that time, I must have been like 29-ish. To um, future Angie coming to visit little Angie, holding her, hugging her, telling, her, telling her everything's going to be okay. To then remembering when I was a child, even though there was so much adversity and uncertainty and instability, I knew everything was going to be okay. Like I just had this knowing that the world I was in was just teaching me lessons and there was going to be another world I'm a part of. Even now, I mean, God, I mean, we're in the middle of all of this, you know, craziness in the world. And even now it's like, I know that this experience is part of a bigger picture, right? Um, of our evolution of consciousness and who we are as humans and just having that faith. Wow. You have, you, you have an incredibly strong faith and you have an incredible connection to your energy and to your higher being. And, and, and I commend you for that. Uh, you know, a lot of people that are going to listen to this uh, are going to think that both you and I are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this conversations, this is for what some people uh, got burned to death 200 years ago. Right. Uh, this conversations were not to be had. Uh, it was for, for, for you or I to even begin to think that there was something beyond life or death or heaven or hell, it was <laughs> unconscionable. Right. It was writing our ticket to insanity and writing our ticket to death. I mean, yeah. uh, many religious groups persecuted others for not believing in their way. Okay. Right. I mean, uh, so along, um, how, how is all of this in, uh, different from brujería from curanderas and from healers so um yeah can you explain what you mean by that and what i mean by that how how how, how can can this energetic power that you and i understand this connection with a higher being how is that different for those people that do not understand to what somebody may say my spanish tia my aunt may say well you know they're brujos they're doing brujería or they're curanderos or they're how is this different from all of that? Um, you know, and if you know my, the answer, if you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. No, I mean, I, I consciously don't um, use any additional things in my practice. I definitely keep it minimal. I mean, I keep it. There's not nothing. There's no fluff. There's no fancy nothing. It's just the person walking in, and that's it. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to hold a crystal. They don't need to do, they don't need to bring special plants or flowers or anything. Um, so I intentionally do that by design because when I was in the religion, there was so much ritual and ceremony to everything um, that 
my biggest message to people is that it's all within you. Everything is within you. Just listening to that intuition, um, giving yourself that time to just quiet down and just tune into that peacefulness of what is. Um, there's nothing special about it. It just is. Um, and so I, my biggest message to the world is that it's all about self-love. It's all about loving yourself, um, forgiving yourself for the things that you didn't know, you know, things that we've done as humans, things that we've said or thought, um, and learning to better ourselves every day and consciously intending to do that. Right. Um, so all we can do is the best we can do and the best that we know. Um, so that's my biggest message in the most practical sense. Honestly, I know it sounds, I know that we're having this very convoluted conversation, but in my practice and in my day to day, I'm very practical. Um, and I, I want to simplify things so that people don't think it's like this grand, you know, and the, and, and, and the reality is that a lot of those ceremonial um, um, rituals are a way of distraction, are a way of distracting people, are a way to really um, creating somewhat of a placebo effect and to believe in deeper than what than 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 the superficial. So it's it's a way of bringing and moving people into believing whatever they want to believe. But the reality is that the energy exists. The beings yeah. exist. We are here. We're having this conversation. And if you don't believe that it exists, I'm looking at you in a camera. Yeah. Okay? And there's no way, I don't care how we try to explain it, how your image got here and how <laughs> my image got there. Okay. And that is a pure fact of, of, of energy, not the same type of energy that we see coming out of an electrical socket, but right. the energy of the universe bringing us together to now augmented energy. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's so hard for us to be able, I think, I think a lot of times for us human beings, it's so, it's so difficult to understand that we just are. It just yeah. is. The, yeah. the, there doesn't need to be an answer. And, yes. and, 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 and if we accept what it is for what it is, we can stop searching. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Now, now, Angie, who would be, I don't want to call it the candidate, but who would be the individual that would want to have a past life um, regression experience? Who, who, who uh, you know, I, I, I dealt with some childhood trauma as a result of, of, of where I came from, um, I developed, I believe, very early on because I was a, I don't want to say victim, but I was a, a, I was a product of my environment. And that environment allowed me to believe certain things about myself because of behaviors that I saw around me. And I carried that into young adulthood and then into adulthood. And that developed into, you know, you escape with religion, you escape, I wanted to be a nun, you escape with, uh, uh, being a priestess, I escaped to alcohol and money and power and success and women and, and, and a lot of destructive behaviors, okay? Until I came to, and I came to first sobriety and then through a process of regression in present life, but regressing to who am I, where am I, where do I come from, and who was I born to be, okay? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simplified process. Sounds simplified, but it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I did that to, to be able to have this type of conversations and to be able to understand 
that I don't have to be a drunk. I don't have to be a womanizer. I don't have to constantly be self-destructive. And I can also break the cycles, the generational cycles that I inherently yes. received. Yeah. And I, I don't have to carry them forward. I can stop them here. So yes. who would be the candidate or the, or, 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 or the individual that would benefit the most from an experience uh, with, with, with your practice? Yeah, um, God, it varies. It really does. Um, I get people who have just had what people call a spiritual awakening where they're like, there's got to be more to life than, than, you know, the everyday going to work and going home and doing what you're told to do or what you think you're supposed to do. Um, to people, I get a lot of people who have been in their careers for so long and they're like, I know I'm meant to do more. I know I'm meant to impact people or give back somehow. I just don't know how or what that is. Um, I get people that uh, have bizarre dreams and are trying to make sense of those dreams. Um, it, it really, it really varies, but it's in that pivotal moment in life where you've lived life a certain way and there is like something that's tugging you to ask questions. And I would say that's the perfect candidate um, that I've seen come into my practice. Well, and it seems to me that we are living in an era <laughs> where everybody is questioning what is beyond what we used to be accustomed to. And it was just accepting. Uh, but as the internet and social media has interconnected us. It has allowed us to, to ask more questions than we were accustomed to asking. Yes, thank uh, God. <laughs> yes, thankfully so. Thankfully, see, there's no gatekeepers. Right. So we can, for the first time in our entire life, in the in entire history of mankind, be able to commence to discover who we truly are. Yes. Without anybody saying, oh, you can't go here, you can't go there. I mean, yes. we're, 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 we have that freedom to be able to do that. Um, you know, there, 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 there's an incredible amount of peace and quiet and tranquility in you. I mean, you, 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 you seem very much at peace and you, you had gone through a lot of adversity. Tell us a little bit more about your childhood and your parents your, I think your mom was 11 years old when your parents got married. Is, 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 or did I get no. Yeah, my parents met when they were 11. Okay. They had me. My mom, was, my mom was 17 and my dad was 16. So okay. I was, yeah, product of teenage parents. Okay. Uh, and, and your father uh, died of an overdose, but your mom is still alive. No, fortunately, my mom, and I'm so grateful for this, and I didn't realize um, this till I actually, so my mom, um, she had my little sister when I was about eight years old, and um, that changed, that turned life around for her, so she um, cleaned up her life entirely and is a different woman, and it's really interesting because I had an ayahuasca experience um, as well about five years ago. And the one thing that came up for me during the ayahuasca experience was I never, I've ne I, up until that moment, I had never expressed to my mom how proud I am of her for having changed her life around. Um, so that was a really profound experience and awareness for me because for so long, you know, I kind of, not that I lived in a victim mentality, but I, 
it was a crutch. It was definitely a crutch the way that I grew up and the way that my mom was. Whereas when I gave her that credit of like, wow, you know, you left this addiction, it kind of made her, I realized her strength and I realized her courage and that miracle that happened, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, Angie, don't, don't be so hard on yourself because for a long time, up into after my parents passed on, I used mm-hmm. to blame them for everything. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I am a product of 13 children. You know, I, wow. always thought, I always thought in my tiny little mind that why would they have 13 children with it? <laughs> because have me. Oh. You know, and everything would have been perfect, yeah. okay? And, uh-huh. and, and, and I also saw a lot of abuses, a lot of dysfunction, but I never realized, and this is, I think this message is much more important for the community. I never realized that at some point in our lives, we have the responsibility to take control of our lives. Yes. It's no longer about our parents. It's no yeah. longer about our ancestors. It's no longer about generational curses. It's about us. It's about us taking the action and moving forward. You know, whatever they could do, whatever they did for ourselves is what they could give us. And they couldn't give us any more than that. Okay. Now it is our responsibility moving forward to improve ourselves from that point forward and improve whatever generation we create as a result of that. Exactly. Um, But we will never be able to detach ourselves from breaking those dysfunctional cycles if we don't come to the consensus that that it is our responsibility moving forward. Exactly. So yeah. tell me where you at today with your practice, where you at in life? As yeah, a as a whole, Whew, lots of changes. So, um, you know, one of the biggest life-changing decisions that I've made for myself, and I think this applies for anyone who wants to accomplish uh, self-mastery in, at any capacity, and you've done this yourself, I stopped drinking last year. Um, April 4th was the last day I, I stopped drinking. Wow. And as someone who is very spiritual, um, drinking does bring down your defenses and your awarenesses. And so being seeing spirits everywhere is like easy, easy peasy when you're drinking. And sure. that easily influences dark energies to come in and you know those thoughts to come up and start doing self-destructive things. Um, so... As of April 4th, I've def- my life has changed so much. Um, you know, I've always been of service in any way capacity. I mean, with the hypnosis work that I do and the mentorship work that I do. Um, but this year, actually it's going to be April, April 4th is coming up, right? So sure. this year yeah. I've, I've surrendered to love. You know, I've surrendered. I, I, my relationship with my husband is... Um, I could not have had the relationship I have now if I was drinking because the drinking um, did bring in some, some negativity, some old patterns, like you said, those uh, pattern, that familiar patterns that we bring on generationally. Um, so it really liberated me. So I surrendered to love, got married. Um, I never thought I would be a mother and I'm three months pregnant now. Um, and, and, appreciate it and see it from such a, a beautiful perspective and light that I just, you know, I don't know that I would have been capable of had I not stopped drinking last year. Wow. Or maybe I, maybe it would have come in a different way, but it just happened so beautifully 
Um, this year I birthed my um, mentorship program that I do that's uh, just very empowering for women where they're able to, I teach them all of the tools and skills and, you know, seeing the red flags and intuitively knowing where to go, where not to go um, so that they're empowered and they can be leaders in the world. So that program is something that's thriving with the self-love mentorship program. Um, the hypnosis work is definitely something that I think might morph into, I don't know what, because sessions are four to five hours long and I don't know how I'd be able to do that with a little one, you know. I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your mentorship program because that's yeah. something that I, I, I think that is something that we all need. You yes. know, one of the things that we have uh, that is a universal program it, problem is that we have a faulty education systems. Right. And there's a lot of things that we are not taught in school that I feel need to be taught in order for us to develop into beer, being better human beings, to being conscious and to being present. And, and anything from prayer to meditation to emotional uh, um, uh, development, uh, anything to being, uh, to, to, to being able to have better relationships, finances. There's a lot of things that are lacking in the educational system that are part of what we need as human beings in order to be able to function in a civilized society. You know, right. we, we've been taught math and, 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 and history and things that have really become obsolete for all practical matters. And right. I truly believe that technology is an extension of ourselves. It's not us, but it's an extension of who we are. And yeah. that our mind is created with a much greater capacity and a lot of the tasks that are disappearing as a result for us to be able to use our mind in ways that we have never used them before. Yes. Um, but with that in mind, we are lacking emotional intelligence in order to be able to have these conversations and for people to accept that this is part of a new way of life, a new face in our generation. So tell, tell me a little bit about that mentoring program and how does it work and, and, and who does it benefit and why? Yeah, so um, again, it benefits all walks of life. I definitely um, focus on women. Um, so the mentorship program that I've created, it's, it's four weeks long. Uh, we meet once a week on Sundays for an hour via Zoom. And in that hour, I'm giving all of my knowledge, knowing, but also guiding people through various dimensions through what people may call a guided visualization or guided meditation. Um, and so in my work that I do, and I do a lot of live workshops, live event things, things like that. I guide people to, let's say a temple. Um, so, you know, I always say like, use your imagination, use your imagination to go to this temple. Uh, and I describe like what it looks like just so people can fill in the colors. But then there's a moment where I'm like, okay, there's a woman that's going to come and she's going to give you something. She's going to give you a gift. And so that's when people are in that receiving mode of that message, right? What is the message? What is that, the breadcrumbs that are going to lead you to your next step in life? And so there's a lot of that during um, the mentorship program where I'm, connect, I'm leading people to, to the, the pawn, you know, and having them receive that guidance, that message. And that's activated in their everyday life, their everyday awareness, I also, you know, say practical things like, hey, if you want self-mastery and want 
to be a leader in the world, you have to have discipline, you know? It, it, you, you talked about guiding day into the everyday life and everyday awareness. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that the majority of us live in a state of survival, yeah. thereby are not truly living, they're merely surviving. And when you live in a state of survival, you're either living in the past or the future, but you are never in the present. And you are so preoccupied that you are unable to see the opportunities that are here and in the now for you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you talked about the everyday and, 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 and bringing awareness to, 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 to who you are. I truly believe that, that there is an energetic source that leads us on an everyday basis and that is up to us individually to look for those signs, to look for those signals, to look for those messages and receive them so we know where to go next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And if we're not present to do that, if we're not present to do that, we are, we are, we, 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 we missed out in what should have been our life and what yes. should have been our destiny. And we end up staying stuck in that state of survival. How important is for somebody that says, well, but you don't understand, Peter, I got to pay my rent. I got to do this. I got to do that. How important is for somebody to detach themselves from that just for a moment and to put themselves in priority instead of their problems or their, or their thoughts to detach themselves in order to be able to move forward and find what you and I to a certain degree have, have found. Yeah. So I always say that creating ritual is so important meaning and ritual can be like, you know, waking up in the morning, uh, sitting down to meditate or having your morning tea or coffee and just giving yourself that time to contemplate about life, perhaps set your intention for the day. Um, usually nowadays people are having breakfast and squirreling through social media. You know, it's, it's, it's such a common thing to do, but, um, creating intentionally creating that ritual for yourself so that you have that sense of discipline. And what happens is that people create their own momentum versus having the momentum created for them, then being in that reactionary cycle. Right. Um, so a lot of what I share also, and this is on social and my mentorship program everywhere is that everyone is your teacher. Every circumstance is your teacher. Um, every, you know, conflict that you have or person that you don't get along with is teaching you something about yourself. And then again, it's like, you created this moment. Why did you create this moment? Um, I had a conflict and wasn't anything serious with my husband the other day. Um, and I was like, I'm very aware that I create my own reality. And I, I was, I was tracing back my thoughts and I was like, when did I create this moment? And I was like, oh yeah, that one thought that just wandered off. And I just fed this thought that was, I knew it too. I knew I was like, okay, this thought is garbage, but let's just run with this imaginary scenario. <laughs> and the imaginary scenario turned into reality and I created that moment. Right. But that moment taught me that I have to control my thoughts and not let myself play, right. Play in that negativity. And that's, that, that can be in that I can't pay my bills or what's going to happen. Um, it's just a pattern that we're taught to live in from such a young age, from the moment you first sign up for credit cards, right? It's like, how am I going to pay my credit card bill? Yeah. Um, we're so used to it, yet we forget how many times we've got, gotten through it. You you know, well, and, and, many... and, and one thing that, that I appreciate that you just finished saying is you, you, you uh, recounted that moment where you created that experience in your mind that created a conflict between you and your husband. 
But the reality is that that is something that stays with us. It's not going to go away. What we learn to do when we learn to quiet ourselves is to learn to identify those, those, those moments and know yeah. when to walk away from them instead of engaging with our own little demons, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so they're, 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 because the reality is that, that we for, forever are going to have to deal with the conscious and the subconscious. Right. Okay? And, and it's like dealing with two selves. What we got to learn to do is to compromise with the two selves and unify them. Exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and it's easier said than done, but it's a <laughs> battle. And the only way that we can begin to manage that is by constant rituals, constant disciplines, and, 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 and constant reminders in a process, a continuous growth and evolution, because mm-hmm. the world is changing and we cannot, you know, the same person that, was, that you were yesterday, you cannot bring that person until today. You, you, right. you, you need to see what's different. You know, you, you often say, or you've been quoted many times as you have the choice to access yourself at different levels. What does that mean? And how mm. do you do that? I don't remember what, what, what I said about that, but um, can you give me more context as to? Uh, uh, your quote said you, you have the choice to access yourself at different levels. So what yeah. I'm assuming is that, that you connect with yourself at different levels of energy. Yes, yes. I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, so I, Angie, um, can sit here after a call and meditate and connect with my inner child. I can revisit that little girl and you know heal some wounds or have her give me some wisdom because children have so much wisdom, right? So what is it that that little girl had to say that nobody gave her the time to say? You know, I can access that inner little seven-year-old Angie or four-year-old Angie and have her communicate with me. Um, I can access Angie um, in the future and have her give me guidance for the current moment. I can access uh, my higher self and have higher self give me guidance for the current moment. Um, I can access, I mean, this, is is infinite right it's it's infinite wisdom and for infinite knowledge but it's really in just setting the intention of um either meditating closing your eyes and saying okay i want to communicate or i want i want my little uh, inner child to come through and give me a message or um you know that moment where you're falling asleep and you set that intention of i want to dream with my uh you know past loved one tonight and or that moment where you're waking up and, and you have like, you know, 10 more minutes to sleep because uh, you woke up a little earlier and you set that intention of like, okay, I want to communicate with a guide to give me some guidance for the day. Or probably perhaps there's a, an issue or problem that you, one, is, one is experiencing. And within those 10 minutes, there is a visualization or something that happens. Maybe it's uh, some words that come through. Um, and, and do me a favor, Angie. Mm-hmm. Let's do like a 30 second, 60 second exercise of that. Teach me how you would do that. So the com- community learn how to make that shift. Just walk me through it. Uh, uh, connecting with oneself 101. Yeah, connecting with oneself. So I would say um, close your eyes. Okay, I'm closing Take my a eyes. Big breath in. So just releasing any worries, any fears, any expectations. Another deep breath in. Exhale. Just 
relaxing into the body. So imagine yourself visiting your seven-year-old self. So this is someplace safe. Imagine yourself visiting your seven-year-old self. So observe what that boy is doing. What is he wearing? And so that seven-year-old self has a message for you. What is that message? You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And so acknowledge the seven-year-old self and thank him for the message. And so you just give him a hug, send him some love, an exchange of love. And when you're ready, just bring your awareness back into the room and you can open your eyes at your own pace. And wow. that's how you do it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Rojo, and Come and Clean Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time, for your transparency, and for sharing this technique with us. Where can people find you in social media today? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, People can find me on Instagram at, at inspired with Angie. And then, um, you know, I got my, my handles changed so much, but I would say Instagram would be the best way to um, connect will, where I'm most active. We, uh, we will post on the show notes all your, all your contact information. Yeah. I have um, a YouTube channel also. So it's Angie Sanchez on there. It's Angie Sanchez, my, my maiden name. And that would also be in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, Angie, uh, what would be some closing words for our community? Um, you know, at this time, I think the biggest, uh, most important message I have would be to stay grounded, stay in your body, um, practice some love, not only loving yourself, but loving the earth, loving our planet. So that was my closing message. Angie, thank you. Thank you so much. Make sure you go out and follow Angie. Make sure you listen to our episode coming up. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Come and Clean Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, and share the episode. We are on every platform available from Stitcher to Spotify, Google Play, our Heart Radio, and iTunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening. And if you have not subscribed, please do so today. Thank you, and we look forward to having you in our next podcast.